Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one fuckboy. The number one fuckboy. The number one fuckboy, Johnny G. Joining me as always in the High and Mighty studios, my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabers. Arthur, give him a shout out. Mike's starting to smell like my breath. That's disgusting. Artie is into it. Also joining me in the High and Mighty studios for the first time, uh, an equally high energy guy. You're pumped to have him here. Guys... Put your proverbial digital hands together for Mike Lawrence. Hey, Mike. how's it going, man? <laughs> you, you said you were going to do like a really douchebag intro, and I didn't realize it's just going to be every Jerky Boys cassette tape. <laughs> you found out you my family. Found- all the characters that they. <laughs> we do a faster age. Yo, motherfuckers! Hey! We the Jerky Boys! I would say one of the major factors in my comedic taste growing up was brought on by Frank Rizzo, the Jerky Boys yeah, character. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, as bad. This, I eat this shit. I put mustard on it and I eat it. Well, that was that sad era when if anything was popular, they had to give it a movie. Right. It didn't even matter if it worked as a movie. They're like, people like it. Here's prank, a movie. Prank phone calls are about as far away from a movie as you could yeah. possibly get. And they're like, oh, it's just the guys that do the voice. Ooh. Oh, wait. Are they good actors? Oh, no. Don't worry. And they had to fit in as many scenes of them like doing the prank phone calls. The shooting. Well, that was like basketball was one of those. They're like, people like South Park. We got to give these guys something. And so there's just a scene where Trey's doing the Cartman voice I for no reason. <laughs> they get that money. It's like when you uh, when someone is announced as a new cast member on SNL, they have to like show their three impressions in the first episode. So oh, you learn, yeah. you're like, oh, he's the Italian character guy. Yeah. And they don't even have a good context for it anymore. <laughs> it's just, look at all these stars. And it's just the same three people coming out as all the different guys. I loved the first time they did the Star Wars audition sketch. I loved it. I was like, what a great premise in order to just a parade oh, of impressions. Yeah. And now we're just like, they do all of it. <laughs> every third episode. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, you know, realize until much older, like, oh, this whole show is just 
talented people reading cue cards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Wait, whole time. When was the most, I just watched the Franco episode. Oh, and, that's the most blatant <laughs> I've ever seen. I, I'd like started to notice the eyelines of SNL where it's just like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's like no one's talking to each other. Right. Like, well, they did a, a sketch with a bunch of kids. Right, and oh, that's the where Santa. That's so where it was the most hilarious. apparent. Yeah, and it was. Just, and I, I get why, <laughs> but it was so uncomfortable because they're just like looking, and then they're laughing and getting right. the lines wrong. The, the pros know how to do it, but there like was putting no it, acting. <laughs> right, it was just just people standing still reading. Uh, and they clearly didn't understand what they were saying. But right. the whole point is that the kids are supposed to be so much more knowledgeable than the adults. Right, <laughs> so weird. Yeah, it's almost as if they are seeing it yeah. for the first. Time. Dan, what do you think about police decriminalization? <laughs> uh, let me give you a little mic of boost up here. Oh, nice. You can take it out if you want. You can t- move yeah. it and talk as close as you want. It all works, Mike. Yeah. Um, as always on this spot, we're going to, of course, talk about something comic book related. You don't invite Mike Lawrence into your home if without having to fucking answer the three riddles of Wolverine. But and without we- the dog realizing it's no longer the ugliest thing in a house. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, my dog dragged over his bed and asked Mike if he wanted to lie in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to read some negative reviews on my podcast. So okay. a- as always, listeners, if you rate me five stars on iTunes and then roast me in the comments, I will read it on whatever you call this, air, live, digital, however you call it. This is from Strayne, the... Uh, The title of the review is My Opinion. I actually hate you. You are both a jock and a nerd, and I was a nerd in high school. I only listen to your stupid podcast to hear the ads. I love Sirius XM and that underwear company. Okay, it's not really... That's actually more of a compliment than anything else. And it's funny to call me a jock now at 35 and 100 pounds overweight. (laughs) You literally look like you produced the Jock Jams albums. That's the closest thing to jock. The only time I'm considered a jock is amongst UCB and stand-up people. Like It's also like, oh, you watched football. (laughs) If you you can't see... uh, You can't see John because it's a podcast now, but he's dressed like Heavy D on his day off. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When the boys aren't around. When when he's boysless heavy D. It's once he's found love, now he's not sure what he's going to (laughs) do. Here's another review from someone called Erg When You're Here. Is the title of the review. Listening to High and Mighty is like going willingly to eat at the Olive Garden. You're going to get something vaguely Italian that at first will make you think, hey, this isn't so bad, before you begin to realize what you are experiencing is causing you to rot from the inside, causing you to leave with diarrhea and unfathomable regret. Would smash five stars. I'd say the regret is fathomable. Yeah, I mean, you, know, you, you, can, you can wrap your head around yeah, it. I'm feeling 50 fathoms of regret. I, I, I would I would say the only issue is if the only thing that would make High and Mighty better would be unlimited breadsticks. Yeah. That would, oh, yeah. What a sweet addition if I was fresh baking breadsticks. My sister works at an Olive Garden, so when I am there, I am literally with family. <laughs> <laughs> I'm family. And the guy's like, all right, sir, we get it. No, no, you don't understand. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, it's weird when you go with your wife and you like try to kiss her. They say, ah, uh, 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 you guys are family now. You're sisters. Um, way and then there's an old man. He's like, I'll allow it. Excuse <laughs> It's okay. An old Italian judge care. I'll allow it. It's not a really incense in the same way this isn't a really a pasta. <laughs> uh, something, I, something I love about Olive Garden is the idea of the meal that's called the Tour of Italy, which is just the three most American Italian dishes jammed onto one plate, and you're supposed to feel cultured for eating it. It's like... <laughs> but you do feel like you're on a tour. Yeah. <laughs> you're not in Italy, but you're just on a tour. I have lower back pain, and I <laughs> and somebody's speaking way too loudly on this bus. This is going longer than I hoped. Yeah. <laughs> um, this review is from Kimbo, not Kimmy, called "Way Overdue Roast." Sometimes when I listen to High and Mighty, I think, "How crazy is." Is it that the same person who called me arm hair in high school? I'm so glad he spent this time owning his craft and elevating his sense of humor from the days when he declared me the black hole of comedy and would do anything for a laugh. Oh, wait, five stars. Still telling everyone we know to listen to both podcasts. Oh, my God. This is a girl I went to high school with named Kim. She was the coolest. We were buds. But she did have black arm hair, like because she was a brunette woman, and I made up. I'm gonna say anything, but I think we made fun of Italy enough. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I appreciate me sort of bullying you in high school and sticking around. I can't believe you're listening to this. <coughs> Excuse me. I just realized I have like a high school fact checker listening now. I can't fucking rewrite history. Yeah. Oh shit! I'm choking on the fa- on nostalgia of talking to Kimmy. All right, la- last one, guys, and we'll get into it. Large Guyland is oh, that's a good one. Long Guyland. Maybe if we name a sam- sandwich after him, he'll go away. Is the title of the review. That's right. Your third favorite character from Santa's of the Barn has a podcast. Who knew? Tune in to hear Joseph Gordon Levittown get baked and struggle with audio engineering, just like that one character of his that pays the bills. 10 out of 10 for the one episode with his wife. (laughs) Okay, cool. Thanks. (laughs) I'll say Joseph Gordon Levittown is a pretty good pun. That's... That's clever. That's great. And it makes yeah. sense. I'm from Long Island. It just, if yeah. only Joey Gordon-Levitt was fat, then they would have it salt. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. would be a, it would be a check all three boxes. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, you're a, a roaster of sorts, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're on yeah. the roast battle a handful of yeah, times. Yeah. Um, have, have you ever been labeled as uh, something that really stuck, like that you laughed about or will continue to laugh about? Did you get a, a dig or a line about yourself that, like, because you almost yeah. want to ask permission. You're like, can I have this? <laughs> this is about oh, me. when someone makes fun of me? Yeah. Well, it's funny when I battle, my, my wife gives two shits about what I say about other people. She's like, what do they say about you? <laughs> um, She's like, I know you. I don't know so-and-so. Yeah, I get a lot of looks, homeless stuff, and I do. Um, the best one I ever heard was Scott Chaplin. I, I made a joke about his dad dying, and he's like, my dad's watching me, you know, watching down on me from heaven. Your dad won't even watch you when you're on Seth Meyers. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, I mean, it's great. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That one cuts deep. Yeah. Yeah. I still hold on to Chunk Norris from high school because I I did karate and someone called me Chunk Norris and it fucked me up for 20 years now. I hope that person wrote on that midnight. (laughs) If not, that that is their pass to get a job right there. Yeah. Um, So, Mike, we wanted to talk. 
MCU, DCEU, because uh, rather than let you just continually post on Twitter and Facebook about it, yeah. I thought let's engage in person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, people still do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, we're engaging in person to record it, to try, and yeah, yeah, to then yeah. tweet about it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, We're engaging in the same way that the Tour of Italy is a Tour of Italy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we're home, we're we're both playing hyped up personas versions of ourselves having yeah. a chat on microphones. There's it's great. Ne- there's never been a dialogue or conversation about comic book movies. They're just two monologues happening <laughs> yeah. at the same time. Right. <laughs> and then <laughs> But you could always just start your monologue with yes, yeah. so it sounds like you're <laughs> having a conversation. Um I'll start it off by this is the first, like, the last couple of Marvel movies that came out, and I'll lump Star Wars into this, too, but we'll mostly be talking about Marvel. I have not been excited. Like, not not that I've been, oh, this looks bad. I'm just like, oh, now that there's, like, f- one a quarter, yeah. it's a hard time to, like, it's a lot. If you would have told 13-year-old Gabrus eventually a Marvel or a Star Wars movie is going to come out and you're going to wait to see it on DVD or streaming, I would have been like, are you fucking kidding me? Yet, that's what I've been doing. Well, I think a part of the problem is that, you know, some of it is that we're older, that we work in show business, and, and then a lot of it is the marketing that. There's no illusion that these are considered properties anymore. Right. And so it like the honeymoon phase is definitely order <laughs> over. You know, it's like right. when they go to Comic-Con they're like here are our quarterly releases and they and then we use these terms when we say expanded universe oh, and MCU right. and DCU <laughs> like that's like it, it it's hard to like fall in love in the same way. Um I I think like I love a lot of this stuff, but th- that that initial magic is certainly gone. I I think one of the things that really uh, sucks is the discovery of trailers. I don't like that we see them all on our phones first. I don't I don't know why they can't have them theatrically released just even for a day or two. Yeah, I don't understand why they don't like time. They're they literally have movies coming out every two or three months. Yes, yes. Why doesn't the Avengers trailer premiere before Thor? Yeah, right. Like, and why wouldn't uh, the Avengers feature the Black Panther? Th- you know, whatever whatever the timing of it or needs even, to be. You know, it's like when Coco comes out and that's Disney, right? And then Infinity War comes out a week later. Just have it with Coco <laughs> for that initial weekend, right? And- People will go see it. I mean, it's like they did that Infinity War teaser trailer at Comic-Con, and the only versions that you could see were poorly leaked. Like, just, you know, and so people waited, like, months. You know, that was in July or August, and then people were like, no, we'll we'll, we'll wait till November. And so I think... I'll wait to watch it on my phone at least in HD, but still on a three-inch screen. Yeah, because I, I think that when you watch it on the phone... The two things happen. One, the the uh, grandiose nature of these is gone. And two, it's less about the movie itself and what you think of the movie and more about what you can immediately say and add to the conversation. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's the hot take culture thing. Yeah. It's like- the reality is the trailers are the main events now. Like, lots of people will end up not seeing the movie, but they're all going to comment on the trailer. Yeah. Because it's easy for everyone to be a part of that. 
And I hate this thing now when you're like, oh, I want to see the Ragnarok trailer. I haven't seen that yet. You type in like Ragnarok trailer on YouTube and there's like a thousand things. It's all people talking and about it. it's all it. people talking about it, talking uh. over it, like 22 hidden Easter eggs you wouldn't recognize from Ragnarok. And also Easter eggs have become like IMDb trivia in that the bar is so low for what yeah. constitutes. You're like, see this here? That's Jeff Goldblum. He is an actor. <laughs> you're like, this is not an Easter egg. And it's also it's like, Thank God we're talented and don't have to do those videos. Like I think about that. I mean, oh, I've done I've done so many jobs that are just adjacent to that that I'm like, yeah. where I'm like, hey, you know, this is coming soon to theater, and I hate myself. But well, it's not are- an actual about being funny or commentary. It's just like helping sell things. Oh my God, look at that. Right. Oh, oh, oh my God, you know. But it's also like uh, partially, as much as it's that, it's also partially latching your little carriage onto the horses that is the Marvel trailer oh, in that course. moment to be like, well, if I get 150,000 uh, views because I have Ragnarok in my search term, cool, I guess. Yeah, well, it's, it's like weird. It's like weirdly like uh, monetizing more and more like entire pop-up businesses and economies have been uh, around trailers. Yeah, and it's funny like i know a lot of like nerd journalists and they all have to write the same like crappy articles like what do the end credits of guardians 2 mean and it's like there's nothing about like the history of jim starlin or just fun things about like how how they felt when they read the Infinity Gauntlet for the first time. It's just the same information. And well, it's because- Did you know that Stan Lee is the Watcher? And that's, <laughs> uh, it's weird because- Oh, man, you're, you just said like eight points I want to uh, yeah. talk about. So the, the one that really stood out to me was these like nerd journalists, people who like that's uh, been a genre for a while, video game journalists, whatever. But they they don't have to- the reason you used to want to go to a nerd journalist was like, they know a lot about like, so a lot of people don't know this about this character, but he's actually, instead it's just like, this is what, this is my just direct reaction to what I saw, which is the same thing anyone can do. Yeah. And then if you are going to listen to someone's reaction, why listen to a journalist when you could listen to someone who's like charismatic or entertained? And then yeah. all of a sudden it's like the onus isn't on like knowledge and interesting yeah. points anymore. It's just like, like, I mean, we went through the phase in like the early 2000s where it's just like, who's got big tits and no and can pronounce the Marvel characters' names yeah, right? And then G4 close. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was one thing that I, no I thought- No offense to my favorite Daily Show correspondent, Olivia Munn. <laughs> I'm a big Pereira guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 goes, it goes for me, uh, it goes Louis Black- uh, <laughs> Beth Littleford, <laughs> Samantha P, uh, Olivia Munn in front of all of them. Oh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I think trailers are fucking ruining everything. Yeah, I mean, it really is. That's hyperbole to say tra- trailers are ruining everything. Roy Moore is the f- reason behind trailers. This will come out in like three <laughs> three weeks and no one will know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah we had to, guys, we're just lightly ribbing. Newly elected Senator Roy Moore. <laughs> the fate of the... Was it... Uh, I, quick tangent aside, but when Mitch McConnell was like, I leave this to the people of Alabama. And I'm like, no! 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like um, the aliens are invading. It's okay. The people of Alabama. Oh, fuck. We're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Randy Quaid can take out one ship. He ain't saving the world. Right. <laughs> <laughs> let's get us. Let's get a scientist in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, trailers feel like. Now we get trailers to the trailers. I know this is and like hack get, territory, but... But we get trailer two and three. Like, why do you need more than one? And then some of them, like, really burn them for me. Like, like especially a comedy, it'll hit you with, like, three of the funny set pieces, and you'll be so pissed to have, like, learned them. Like, it's one thing to be like, you got to show Spider-Man fucking webbing around, so you're like, cool, I'm excited to see Spider-Man. Yeah. But at this point, do we not know what these movies are going to be? Like, Beyonce that shit. What if the fucking Last Jedi... People are going to see The Last Jedi, whether there's a trailer or not. Yeah, just right. drop the fuck... Just say it comes out December 15th, and just fucking let people... I feel like that would be such a baller move. Yeah. But they must make so much money off trailers. Well, I think just making them simpler, you know, like there was, I remember, I think it was when it was Spider-Man 3, um, there was a trailer for The Dark Knight and, you know, which wasn't coming out for another 14 months, I think. And the entire trailer is just audio clips. Like in your see, all you're doing is you're you're physically just watching on the screen the Batman logo getting closer and closer. Oh and shit! You hear you hear Heath Ledger just go, "People will die." I'm a man of my word, <laughs> and that's it. Ah, <laughs> oh. and there's like a clip of uh, Gordon. I think there's a clip of um, you know Alfred and and Batman, but th- there's no no visual stuff, and you're like, "Oh my god," because. Now you're having to imagine what it's going to be. Right, and you're getting excited for it like a trailer is supposed to do. Yeah, and so when you, you know, like, um, let's talk about this newest Infinity War trailer. When you literally show the Vision's gem, I will be saying gem only, uh, go (laughs) fuck yourself. Um, When you're seeing the Vision's, you know, uh, mind gem get removed, it's like, that shouldn't be in the trailer. Yeah, like, because you kind of know that's going to happen. Yeah. But it is a moment you're waiting to see yeah. in a way. So, like, to just show it, it feels uh, it, it's almost like it feels like to me, it's like you're about to have sex with your dream uh, with a dream girl and you just quickly show your flaccid dick before. Like, just, hey, look at this. This yeah. is got uh, Okay. And then back to it. It's like, oh, you kind of took the excitement out of it for me. Yeah. <laughs> like, even if we know that Spider-Man's going to win, you know, in that first trailer, it was it was pretty much in sequence. Right. <laughs> it was like he stops the guys in the the Avengers mask. Then, you know, um the ferry blows up, uh the the Washington Monument blows up. Tony Stark scolds him says you're not ready for this and then he's like I got to do it on we my own. We know Michael Keaton's the bad guy the whole time. Oh, he even said I'll kill your family and everyone you love. <laughs> right. You see him as the vulture. <laughs> right. Like it literally you know uh Gonky uh sees him with the mask off. Yeah, which was like such a cool element of the movie. But it was just like every but like beat by beat. Yeah, and, and it was I mean, a two and a half minute version of the film. It literally was. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it is this thing like uh, it's almost like a lack of trust. I get it for unknown properties. Like I would say, if you're you're, you're throwing Guardians of the Galaxy out there, maybe you should have like a meet Drax, meet Rocket, you know, meet meet so and so, and that way you can uh, you can go from there, and you're like you got it. But like if it's Spider Man, you're just like trust me. 
Tom Holland looks cool as Peter Parker. Look at how cool the graphics look when he swings. Here's here's one of the here's a glimpse of a set piece in the movie. I thought the first Guardians trailer was really great with like Jaime Hinsu and he's like, I'm Star Lord and he's like, Ooh yeah. and, <laughs> and they show their like quick dossiers and you know, we're the Guardians, but you don't know that they're fighting Ronin. You don't right. know everything. You don't know that they're fighting the other cosmic being that shoots energy from some big weapon. Yeah. Like it's like the go to in the Marvel Universe bad guy. Oh yeah, with the <laughs> the the faceless army of great things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I, mean, I just saw Ragnarok and I fucking loved it. But the stakes for like bad guys in the Marvel universe is just like, it doesn't feel like, no, it, it, I don't No, And that's, well, that's the transparency of all of this, that because they're seen as properties and because it's all about getting to the next thing and setting up the next thing and poor and Thor having to like take a dip in a exposition pool <laughs> and all of that stuff. The villains, the villains do kind of get shut out. Right. You know, because they're one off movie things potentially, except for Thanos, who's been teased now for 20 films. Yeah. And so when you think about it, like, I, I think the thing that people don't do enough with these movies is just judge them as movies. Like, if you hold them up to other action films and things like that. And so, like, if we look at these movies in comparison to, you know, like some of the best action movies, that's where I think they really fall apart. Because yeah. it's like, if you look at, like, I mean, probably the best action movie villain is Hans Gruber, right? Right. Like he's yeah. up there. Yeah, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. yeah. And and what they're able to do in, in Die Hard is that everyone gets to matter, even people that have two lines or three lines, the limo driver at the beginning. Argyle. <laughs> yeah, even... Um, you know the two the two helicopter guys who have uh, the Johnson same, and Johnson Johnson and Johnson yeah and that's literally what five lines yeah there's no- we're like dining and he's firing the rounds and then there's uh, even Hans Booby like the fucking car- the joke guy gets a, a little oh yeah scene where you give a shit about him yeah but like Johnson and Johnson where the one guy is like this crazy military dude who's still in Nam and the other guy who's just trying to do his job and it's like there's a whole narrative there like we've. Never- never gotten that with like the warriors three like right. you know we've never gotten that with a lot of these other characters because it's all about the hero's the only one that matters right and then it's like cool look you can see this cat look there's that character there's sylvester sloan as that character moving on you know and it's like yeah. it's almost as if like a sizzle reel of just like look who's like that's what the avengers trailer felt like a little bit too was like yeah look at how many people we put in one movie and you're like oh yeah. <laughs> and it's always about building up to the next thing but the problem is you have to entertain people now also and i think that that's where they really fall apart sometimes and it's like i think ragnarok did a really good job um fought you know like taika i think put his own personality into it yeah which which was directors fail to do um but he was like i'm gonna make a me movie and also make the marvel movie i'm supposed to make and so it's like well look if the villain only gets 15 minutes anyways, because you guys won't budge on that, here's <laughs> Kate Blanchett chewing scenery. Right, and she was fucking, it was yeah. so fun, yeah. But then one of the other problems is is that like with Scourge, his sacrifice comes straight from the comics, issue 362, Walt Simonson, 
but <laughs> you don't feel the emotion of that because he wasn't set up. It was just yeah, like, and he I'm was just ca- gonna like, go die now. He was like one of those characters, uh, and who was the rock guy that Taika Korg? Went, Korg. Those two characters had like such a chunk of the movie. But you didn't know, like, really yeah. anything or or care for them. Because when, like, they set up Scourge as, like, he's, like, macking on those two chicks. To be macking on, Jesus Christ, I'm 35. Yeah. Uh, he's, like, macking on those two chicks. And it's, like, is he a good guy? And yeah. Are we supposed to, like, care? And then when he, he turns bad so quickly, you're, like, he's about to cut that fucking woman's head off. Yeah. <laughs> and it's less about... Oh, this guy's important, and I think he's supposed to be important. Right. Like, that's a lot of it. And, you know, Mortal Kombat Annihilation kind of did that, where it's like, you know, you like Baraka. Here's Baraka. Right, yeah. It's like, but I want him with some kind of story or just say, no, 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 you you get it. Yeah. It's like the deep, like, just like uh, in Street Fighter, the movie, they're like, uh, they're like, Cammy, you know, like they casually oh, yeah. just mentions like, uh, like when Remy LeBeau's name is in the first X Men movie on like a sheet of paper, you're and you're like, yeah, hey, oh yeah, <laughs> it works. But then they you can't extrapolate that out to, yeah. I mean they're they're putting out like twenty five hours of Marvel movies a year. It's like they're so long, and, and it's all about getting to the next one, and so. You don't really like. It you was have all just, these like medium step bad guys where yeah. it's like. Uh, like I loved, I loved Ragnarok. I think it was one of the best ones they did because Taika did get to be himself. It was but, truly funny. It was at parts. It was beautiful. Like the garbage world looked amazing. Looked like a Kirby drawing. Oh yeah, yeah. But then it's like they are picking and choosing how they want to set things up. So it's like they'll build Thanos for six years, but then they're also like, oh, by the way, Thor, you have a sister and she's the goddess of death. Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) You never heard of her? Guys, it's time to turn on the joy. And it's so easy to listen to SiriusXM whenever you, wherever you're going this holiday season and in 2018. No car required. You can stream on your computer or on your Android or iPhone using the Sirius app. Plus, you can stream tons of devices, including Alexa, Google Home, Sonos, Roku, or PlayStation. You know me and my wife have the uh, holiday channel going. You know we're listening to Howard in the morning off of Alexa. You can hear the best SiriusXM has to offer, man. Commercial-free music, exclusive sports, talk comedy entertainment programming access to hundreds of on-demand shows a custom mix serious xm music and comedy channels so you can hear more of what you want from nfl and nba to howard stern and ricky gervais you could stream it all i know i'm just powering through that because i want to say i've been listening to my howard in the morning off of uh, alexa and then in the car i've been listening to a lot of fly get my get myself some 90s hip-hop and r&b a little uh first wave you know with josiah wait or is josiah on xmu either way i'm mixing it up all over the place but don't worry about it. Don't have a subscription to stream Sirius XM? We can get you on. Sign up now for six months for $30. That's just $5 a month. Go to SiriusXM.com slash HeadGum. SiriusXM.com slash HeadGum. Check out hundreds of channels for every mood. Now sync to every device. Sign up today or to see offer details, head to SiriusXM.com slash HeadGum. Ooh, I know it's Thursday because you're listening to High and Mighty. I hope that's the day that your Hello Fresh delivery comes because you could choose your delivery day. Make it work for your schedule. You can pause for weeks at a time when you're out of town. You know what I'm talking about, right? Hello Fresh, the meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers all your favorite step by step recipes and pre measured ingredients. So all you have to do is cook, eat, enjoy. All right? And it's so easy, it's convenient. 
Uh, all the ingredients come pre-measured in handy labeled meal kits, you know, like which ingredients go with which recipes. You're like, oh, here's my little bag for um, salmon. Dink. You get it delivered right to your door. Recyclable, inst- insulated packaging. All right. It's very flexible. You can go with a classic meal plan, a veggie meal plan, or a family meal plan. No offense to the veggies, but I'm almost never choosing that. I actually chose family so I could have twice the amount of food. And, you know, order the meal service for the life you want. You know, like you dress for the job you want. Order the HelloFresh meal plan for the life you want. And that life has a family and double the amount of food. As for me, I've been enjoying cooking meals. I feel like a real, like, I feel like an... Like I'm Jason Bourne, like I'm some sort of like Bear Grylls survival expert when my wife comes home and I have a meal done. I'm like, here you go, babe. Do you want lobster ravioli and shrimp with tomatoes and tarragon cream sauce? Peace. Or how about the Juicy Lucy burger with tomato onion jam and arugula salad? Bomp. The tomato onion jam was straight fire. Okay, I can't believe I just said said that. Um, and as always, you've heard me say it before, but my favorite dish was that Uh, ground turkey stuffed pepper. Ooh, man, it was spicy, yummy, and hella good. All right, guys, go to HelloFresh.com and enter promo code MIGHTY30 for $30 off your first week of HelloFresh. And setting up the bad guy for so many movies feels like in, I have this big thing with action movies where, like, uh, Steven Seagal kicks the shit out of like 50 expertly trained Navy SEALs. Yeah. But then they have to like justify why the fight against the leader who is just a either another guy or possibly even older, less who skilled. is uh, all, uh, sometimes Eric Bogosian. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> In yeah, dark territory. You're like, yeah, it makes sense that he's fighting commandos up until that point. But then to square off against Eric Bogosian, it loses its teeth a little bit because you're like, I know you can kick this guy. This guy's only in charge because of it. So it's like Thanos is like now for like eight movies. We've been told that like he's slowly going to become the most powerful. And I don't know what the, f- like when he comes on screen, are we going to be like, holy shit, this is for, he's going to have to fucking like rip uh, Captain America's head off or something in like the opening scene of. Uh, no, I mean, I think they've really bungled it. Um, I, I wrote about this when the infinity trailer came out. Yeah. But- this is what inspired me to have this entire oh, nice. conversation with you was that Facebook rant. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so let's get into it. I yeah. Like this, Cause I felt the same way. So, you know, we first see Thanos at the end of Avengers uh, 1 in 2012, <laughs> which is a long time ago, which, as I pointed in that trailer, oh, Barack was still in his first presidency. He was he was ramping up against Romney. Like, that's how long ago that was. Oh. Um, there was an adult the named Mitt Romney, and we thought he could have a position of uh, all-encompassing power. So... He uh, is at the end of that, and he just smiles. He's played by, like, just some stunt guy or whatever. Right. It's and, not rolling at it. No. And that's so weird to me to have the guy who's supposed to be the big bad that you're leading up to, and you haven't even cast the person that's eventually going to play him yeah. when you put him on screen. Like, that's That's lazy. such confidence in Thanos, who you would have to be – Slightly above an average Marvel reader to know or care about Thanos. You yeah. would have to know what the uh, Crisis on Infi- or what the which one called the Infinity Gauntlet series is like. You would have yeah. to know that, which is twenty five years old, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and so- who are these movies? These movies are for not 
not for 35 year old comic book fans. No. They're for 15 year old kids. Yeah. And how the fuck, like, they're for six year old kids, even. Yeah, arguably. Yeah. And who gives a shit about Thanos? Yeah. So you have him at the end of that. And, and that, that, you know, it makes sense. You know, the, his uh, advisor is the one who, uh, agreed to give the soldiers. And he says, you know, you know, this is to court death. And then you see, Leto smile because it's like he loves death. You're like, yeah. okay. Then you, nothing, nothing for two years with with Guardians. You see him again. Now it's Brolin, but he looks completely different. Right. And, Technology's advancing, and uh, they're yeah. figuring out the character. Yeah, and Ronan betrays him. He doesn't do anything about it, and you're like, he's on screen for like. One minute, uh, Thanos, uh, no, Ronan kills like his henchman guy, and you're like, well, okay. And Thanos is like, that's cool. And <laughs> that's it. And then, um, then 2015, um, uh, Avengers 2, he's like, I guess I'll do it myself. And you're like, do what yourself? Like, <laughs> nothing's been explained. Yeah. Well. Which is fine, you know? And, um, and then, uh, not mentioned again until, Guardians 2, um, in the past, it's just Nebula and um, Gamora talking about him as a father. When, and I thought that was good character development. You got to right. hear about him as a person, the abuse that he put those two women under. You're like, okay. And then now uh, you see his ship in Ragnarok and that's it. But it's like, he said, I guess I'll do it myself. That was three years ago. <laughs> do what? I don't know. And what did you get done? Yeah, because it, it's all going to start in uh, Infinity War. Yeah. It's not like it, he's secretly gotten a couple of steps done. We're going to watch it all, most likely. Yeah, and we're going to have to explain who he is in full detail. There's going to be the whole origin story. And it's like, they're but not, he's been around for six years. Shouldn't we know by now? Yeah, they're not harnessing their idea of the extended universe that much in that where like I thought the best example of that so far was um Tom Holland in uh Civil War cuz it was like oh Spidey fits in well he's got a great like chunk of time here we see him be cool and it, that made me excited for Homecoming I was like oh okay this is actually pretty cool that uh this and the kid is good as Peter Parker and uh it's fun to see him in RDJ do shit and yeah. I was like that's the first time I thought that they used the power of the extended universe to there, like because why the biggest Ant Man so much more? Yeah, I'm not the biggest Ant Man fan, but I think the use of Falcon in that made a lot of sense. That felt really comic booky to me yeah. that he would be like one of the guys that's like on reserve and he's got to like do that kind of thing. Right, right, right. You know, I so I like that aspect. I love Doctor Strange in Ragnarok. I thought he was way more compelling in his two minutes here than he was in his own film. I agree. But you know what it was? is because I thought in the movie, the origin story is... I don't want to see him become Doctor Strange. I just want to see him be Doctor Strange. Right, and he's so... He doesn't become the Sorcerer Supreme till like the end of Act Two in that movie, yeah. and then he's like just solving the logic puzzle of Dormammu for the when as in this scene, I'm like, oh, this is what Strange can do. This is fucking cool. Like yeah. I was into it at that and point. just interacting with other people in his own movie. It's just lesser Iron Man. It's right. the same story. He's a smug guy that has to learn a morality lesson. Right, instead but, of a suit, he gets magic. Yeah, and because. Cumberbatch isn't as compelling as Robert Downey Jr. 
uh, at least in their respective films, I just don't care as much. And I don't even buy that he's a better person at the end as much as I do Tony Stark. I agree. I, the things I liked about uh, Doctor Strange was that it was just like at least the bad guy defeating the bad guy at the end was different. Yeah. Like it just like the fact that it took rather than all right, everyone fo- point your energy at them, you know, which seems to be like the yeah the go to. But also, who was Casilius? Like that was dumb. He literally has the word "silly" in his name. Yeah, <laughs> but then you at least look at like Jeff Bridges fighting, you know, Iron Man is like a consequence of Tony's own recklessness that right. he's hurt the company and that he's you know like. Obadiah Stane has a logical reason for wanting to hate. Right. We don't even know who Doctor Strange is yet. So why would we care about guys who are uh, like the rivals to the sorcerers? Because yeah. like, we haven't Doctor like we're not tuning into this movie, to be honest, because we're all Doctor Strange fans. We're no. tuning in because it's like, oh, it's cool. It's part of the Marvel Universe. Benedict Cumberbatch, Doctor Strange. I remember being cool. And it's the fourth quarter Marvel right, film. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, and it's yeah. like, uh, it's either this or, you know, a fucking medium, uh, another medium movie. So you go you go to watch it and you're like, wait, I don't care. It's not like X-Men and Magneto where you're like, I hope they do Casilius, you know, <laughs> like, no, it's not Spider-Man. Like he doesn't have a rogues gallery that we all care about. So I'm glad that they kind of didn't invent whole hog, but they kind of did with Dormammu where it's just another, like to me, it's like the Ga- guardians defeated Ronan and it took everything they had. And how different Which is was Thanos just dancing? From- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he gets defeated by dancing. <laughs> He's literally a religious zealot. He's the, you know, uh, Fred Phelps of the (laughs) Marvel Universe. His whole thing is to expunge everyone that's different than his race. But he's like, I'll wait a second. Like... Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, what is this dancing you're doing? Yeah, fancy here? footwork. <laughs> I know. Get the fuck. At- and then it's like... Uh, in uh, in the um, Ragnarok, it's like all the green eyed bad guys. Like they just they add like I think Avengers had it with the people coming out of the whatever those bad guys were in Avengers two or whatever. But Ultron, or are you talking about the uh, uh, well, Ultron, the Chitarians, the Chitarians, yeah. and Ultron. Uh, this those guys all seem the same. And eventually, you're looking at this these like movies, and they're all two and a half hours, and you're like, they're not that different from each other. And I think that's why. We all clamored for fucking Ragnarok because albeit uh, like in its bones, it was so similar to the other movies, but there was so much more levity yeah. and like. Well, at least he's got an eye patch at the end. Right. Like, oh, that's something. Yeah, it's cool. Like uh, there's some fun choice in there. I mean, Korg was so funny. Yeah. The tone, like just, it was just like a, and it wasn't that funny, but it felt so funny in a Marvel movie because it felt so unforced for the first time. Well, it felt refreshing. It right, felt, that's what it is. Yeah. Well, yeah, it felt like a director making a choice in a world where directors don't feel like they get to make a lot of choice. Yeah, that's what was exciting about this movie because I want to be like, yo, let's let Fincher do a Marvel movie and see what it looks. I mean, that's you're a recipe for disaster there. But uh, other up and coming directors like. I feel like that's the sort of the thing is that they could do is get these up and coming directors who are a hot name, which is exciting, and then just have the uni- like Marvel overlords just hammer it into the ground. Well, thing is, they're also a studio that when you hear about the turmoil, like I think it 
is seen on screen. You know, I think like uh, Thor The Dark World was one of their most tumultuous productions, and it's also their worst one by far. Yeah, like, it, yeah. They locked the director out of the edit bay. Um, and it's also, he was Alan Taylor, who's done like Game of Thrones episodes. He's like a good work for hire. Right. You they know, fantasy from, guy. But and then he's, Kenneth Branagh did the first one, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the set, Thor Underworld or Thor Dark World, whatever it was called, was so bad. Yeah. Could, and But at the same time, maybe 20% worse than any other Marvel movie. But it just, it like, yeah, it wasn't like egregious. It just wasn't as strong. And that's fine. I didn't know about the behind the scenes drama. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, and sometimes even like when a director is able to put their stamp on the movies, they just... Like, you know, Shane Black gets some Shane Black in Iron Man 3. Yeah. This is not a good movie, and I think Shane Black's great. Yeah, <laughs> I love Shane Black. Yeah, and, it, and me too. There is, like, those moments where you're like, this feels like a Shane Black moment. It's like Christmas, and there's a kid, like, arguing with And you're like, but yeah. also like, I don't want to watch this part of Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, well, it's also in that movie, we're talking to the villains, it's like, Okay, so you have Ben Kingsley, one of the best actors on the planet, playing the Mandarin. And I get, like, it's hard to do the Mandarin now. And it doesn't even make sense why they call him the Mandarin in the movie. Right. Like, (laughs) if he's this agent of terror of some kind of, like, Islamic origin, which is what they're heavily hinting at with, you know. Almost all of Iron Man is just like, the the Middle East is coming for us. Yeah. (laughs) Which in the comics, it was the Asians are coming for us. Right, right. The first, you know, issue even, I think, is Vietnamese, and it's, you know, Yinsen is uh, an Asian guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's, uh, you know, uh, and uh, and then he's replaced with fire-breathing Guy Pierce. And you're like, see, he really was the Mandarin the whole time. It's like, but he's not Bing Kingsley playing Iron Man's most beloved, uh, you know, villain. He's... Guy Pierce breathing fire with with an arbitrary superpower and like an arbitrary sort of like terrible. Now we're afraid of him for what reason? And yeah, I think that's like the bad guys. It's hard to do the bad guys too because they only have one movie to make you know anything about them, or and care it can't about really them. pass over a lot of times, right? And they can't, yeah, they can't survive to another movie. You can't be like, look who we're dealing with again. Although, like, that is what comic books are, is, like, uh, bad guys escaping or bad guy. you know? I think that would be fun to, like, unpack in the beginning of the next Iron Man as to what, or, like, the beginning of the next Spider-Man, why he has to fight Vulture again. Well, it's like, like, it's like yeah, well, guess what happened in, the, in, in between the last two movies? Well, they have to have enough impact to affect the movie that you're seeing now, but not enough to cross over so that the next guy who doesn't then have any impact right, right, can right. go into the next one. And it's this weird Can't thing. eat the lunch of the other bad guys. Like, you have to be, like, if any one of the bad guys leading up to Thanos was so cool or so tough, like, Thanos yeah. would lose teeth. Yeah. I mean, was Malekith even mentioned in, you know, Ragnarok? No. No, yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Right. Like Loki was one of the only ones to cross over, but then it's like Red Skull is not even mentioned. Like I yeah. still don't like you took the Nazism out of Hydra, so I don't even know what they are now. Right? They're like, they're point? just like a wealthy organization. Yeah, yeah. Because in the comics, it's like they're white supremacist assholes, which right. you know. Uh, that's exactly who took over our country now. <laughs> right. So, so what, that would be interesting. What would be so wrong about it's it? It's so weird that we could have Nazis in the actual White House, but we don't want them in movies because that's insensitive to children. It would be awesome if the next Captain America movie was like him dealing with like the alt right, like it's like, yeah. like finding out that those people, like the fucking Oath Keeper 
chunks are fucking they're the new hydra and he's got to take all these shitheads out yeah so it, it would is, be like he'd be like i th- i was frozen for 50 years and i'm doing the same thing <laughs> half a century later yeah so i i mean but the thing that i i will say about marvel is at least like their characters are like well defined like i know who captain america is and and thor and yeah. uh iron man and 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 I'll even give credit that those weren't the A-listers in the comics. It no. was the X-Men. It was Spider-Man. And it's like they had to make them bigger out of necessity. And Like, I couldn't imagine, like, when I was a kid being like, I hope, th- I can't wait to see the third Thor movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I all I cared about was, like, Wolverine, um, Spider-Man, you know, the classics, even Hulk, yeah. Fantastic Four to a degree. But oh, then yeah. you're like, oh, we're going to make a fucking movie, like, I love Black Widow now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Scarlett Johansson has a lot to do with that. Maybe being the only female on screen for chunks of movies has has a lot to do with that. Yeah. Um, I love I love Chris Evans. I've I've come full circle on this dude as well, a person. He was the best part of the first two Fantastic Four movies. Like right. He, yeah. It's almost like he got to graduate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were like, look, Man, you, uh, you, you, tr- you tried your best, and he really did. <laughs> yeah. He's awesome in not another teen movie. It's He's like so good. He's a standout. Like like a he played for like a junior college and was really good and they were like well let's give him a crack at the pros you know yeah like, but he never had any real competition he was doing the fan, the Sony Fantastic movies he's like well let's see how he does Fox yeah. oh Fox right yeah, yeah. and he you, was you put the blame where it's deserved <laughs> <laughs> but it's so fucking like I think he, I've come completely around on him as like a character like I was kind of like oh he's a little wooden I didn't love uh, the first Captain America loved fucking winter soldier it was that i thought winter soldier still might be one there one of the best marvel movies but i think he's great in that first captain america yes but one of the problems in that is the villain it's like they did a retcon for the red skull which was that the red skull also had the formula which he doesn't in the comics so you're like okay so he's got the super soldier serum too he's gonna give him a fight it lasts a minute and a half right falls out the plane right and that's like the uh, the old hulk hulk thing too where it's like well you'll fight like a hulk-like creature of course (laughs) you're like oh that's less thrilling you know which is weird that that's probably one of the better fights that they've still had in the entire universe is him versus abomination at least goes like eight or nine minutes yeah and it's really most of them don't go past four yeah the hulk thor fight in uh ragnarok was pretty fun i thought they did a good job with that well the hero fights are you know civil wars uh airport scene probably is the best fight they've put on screen yeah and it's all good guys (laughs) well but it's all good guys, but it's also all people with developed characters. Yeah, that we know and care about and, and know Which their interpersonal they shit. They don't yeah. do with the other guys, so why do I right. care? Right. You know. Yeah, God, that when that first when Ant Man goes big there, and I'm not a big Ant Man fan either. I'm I like Paul Rudd, but when Ant Man goes big in that scene, I'm like, this is really fun. Yeah, uh, this is like truly fun. It's like silly, and they're fighting like Marvel's got like yeah. Marvel can walk that great tone, a lot, like you know where it's like this is silly, but they are destroying houses and buildings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then Spider Man competently takes him down with a plan of his own device. Yeah, but then for some reason in Homecoming, which is after the fact, a few months later, he can't stop a simple bank robbery without a <laughs> bodega exploding. Right. He's the reason the ferry gets ripped apart. Part. Like <laughs> that is the thing that they they want to have it both ways. Like right. they they needed him to be competent and cool 
in Civil War for you to be like, now I want to see him. Right. But and then, then they have like, to like make it his origin story. And yeah, stupid. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, yeah so let's talk about DCU, I guess. Yeah, let's hit that. Let's hit those a little bit. I just saw Justice League. Uh, I'm like sorry. A, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I still, and here's here's what I, here's literally my review. I didn't hate it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, I, I don't did feel not like, anything. I did not like Batman versus Superman at uh, all. Just, despicable yeah that was like yeah aggressive yeah yeah and then i thought justice league i was like oh yeah this uh, but what are they doing wrong i think what they're doing wrong is that they don't stand for anything like they don't they have no one they have no idea what they're doing you know and it's here's what feels really soulless to say as like a comedian and writer is that the studio that is run by one executive, which is Kevin Feige and Marvel, at least has a level of consistency. And they're not always making great movies, but they're not going to make anything that's too terrible. And even though Thor The Dark World is bad, it's like forgettable bad. It's not offensively bad. Right, right. And they've also, that's one of 12 Yeah. So if one like you know, and uh, they're averaging like the bell curve, they're hitting B minuses across the board. And they've got DC takes four swings, and two of them are D's. Like you know, that's yeah. Well, now it's five, but it's like, and their head of you know creative um, is you know Zack Snyder. It's a visionary director, and we could say whatever we want about him, but he is. an auteur, right? Like, he's got a style. You know, when you're watching one of his movies, and even in the, you know, he's made three out of five of these films now, and even the two that aren't his, which are Wonder Woman and Suicide Squad, have a lot of his touches. They in have them. the print over, yeah, yeah, yeah that slow motion, and, yeah, the yeah. Uh, ducking under a blade from the view of, from above is <laughs> like the most uh, Zack Snyder move. Like, oh yeah, just lean back as the sword goes over in slow motion, and cameras down, looking at Gerard Butler's abs or yeah. um, Gal Gadot's abs. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, Justice League. It felt like, didn't it feel like they tried to make the Avengers without like putting in like the groundwork, even though Avengers came early, but it was coming off of like a couple of Iron Man movies, a Captain America movie with these people who are stars and to put justice, I guess you don't want to like Justice League after the Flash. You don't want to like wait to see a Flash movie, but at, at some point you can't like all those characters were whole cloth created. Well, the problem is with... When I watch Justice League and I'm seeing the characters on screen, like, I don't know who any of these people are supposed to be, which is a problem Marvel doesn't have. And, and right. you know, and people are like, oh, there's such obvious fanboy bias. It's like, and look, one studio has been able to have a lot more movies than this other one, but it's like, they just don't really, like, let, let's talk for a sec about, like, Batman, right? Like, I don't know who the DC Universe Batman is. He makes no sense to me as a character. Right, Because he, um, and we've only seen him in two films, really, if we're not counting the Deadshot scene in in Suicide Squad. Right. But um, he is a, like, angry, you know, guy who's been doing this for, like, over 20 years. I think they say 20 exactly. In one of the movies, and um, 
and he's had a Robin who was killed by the Joker. He has the Penguin. He's got, you know, Killer Croc and Harley Quinn. Um, you know, he, a dead shot. He's got a whole rogues gallery. Right. Um, but, uh, and he's got the bat signal, a long established relationship with Commissioner Gordon, where they even, you know, joke about how he always disappears when he's about to talk to him. So all of that stuff. Of a classic Batman, of Batman animated series Batman, of Adam West Batman is even there. You know, uh, the jokes kind of, some Schumacherian, you know, I'm rich. That's a Schumacher joke. Like That's that level of, you know, (laughs) but it's a lot of like, he's done this before. So you have that Batman, but then you also have... This guy who a lot of the cops have never heard of, who brands people, who shoots people with guns, who throws them on their necks, you know, yeah, who lays traps like, like, yeah, does, uh, but Aquaman hasn't heard of him. He's like, you really do dress as a bat. So, how do you have a guy who fought the penguin? And has a bad signal, but then there's all these people that don't know who he is. It right. doesn't make sense. And yeah, you're right. And that 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 does feel weird because you do know who the Tony Stark Iron Man is. Yeah. You know who the new Marvel Universe Iron Man is. He's like a smarmy playboy. He's witty. He's funny. He's, this, he's a celebrity. He's a celebrity. Yeah, you know his relationships with like the public and uh, amongst the people. The press. You, yeah, you, you kind of know. And so then when you're like kind of vague about it with Batman to not, because you don't have that many, he hasn't had his own standalone movie. He had Batman versus Superman or whatever. You haven't established enough of what this new Batman is. We're leaning on a lot of old Batman stuff that like we're just supposed to know. And they're not revealing, they're not giving us anything new about like, well, in the DC universe, this Batman is sort of like reluctant or something, you know, some, just a, an interesting choice just to make, cause I'm, I'm an Affleck apologist. I think he's actually pretty good as Batman. I don't. I, no. <laughs> well, he murdered people as Daredevil and now he murders them as Batman and he lied about a slave owning past and he's an awful person and he doesn't say anything about his rapist brother. So fuck him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm a Batman. Uh, I'm a Ben Affleck actor apologist. <laughs> Let me back off. I don't understand to apologize. He for his- marginalized Latinos by playing a guy named Tony Mendez and uh, Argo. And when you see the picture of the real Tony Mendez and it looks more like Luis Guzman. You're like, why didn't he just cast Luis Guzman? But no, he's a glory hog and wanted it for himself. Fuck him. Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. It wasn't enough to direct that movie. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but that's like what the sudden I'm like, what is this guy? And then Batman versus Superman, he's this brooding, angry dude. But in this, he's like making jokes and they're trying to make him into Tony Stark. And he's that- like trying and it's like, he seems closed off from everyone, but then he's like maybe in love with uh, Wonder Woman in uh, the Justice League movie. Well, I think like, you know, this Justice League movie was doing a lot of course correcting over Batman for Superman. But it's like that movie was so offensively terrible that I don't know how you can forget it. And so it's this weird thing of like, I wish this never existed. But then I'm watching Justice League and I'm like. Well, how can you not acknowledge all the awful stuff that happened? <laughs> right, right, right. And they kind of, they have to like, they have to do it with like leaving Superman dead. And like, you have to like, it It just, I don't know. It feels weird that so much of it for that movie was to bring Superman back, who is a character we've already seen in their own movies. But Superman's another one who it's like, who is this version of Superman? Yeah, I thought in, I thought in Justice League, we got... 
uh, Kava like acting for the first time. Like he was like being kind of cute and funny. Like he was it, playing a guy that we've never seen before. Right, exactly. And you're supposed to be happy that he's back. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, but I I've never seen him. Right. That I don't know who this guy is. Like I think there was like an article that said in Batman for Superman he has um like. Less than like 550 words. He has less words than Schwarzenegger in Terminator 2. <laughs> you know what I mean? That like, makes, yeah, that's fucking insane. So it's like, who are you? And and all these people, like the whole movie is about a team that gets together because they can't do things alone. And then they're like, oh, we can't even do this together. We Let's need bring this other guy back. Who can do it alone? <laughs> so dumb so logically it just doesn't make sense and then when you like i know i shouldn't even think of these things and if i really wanted to make my head hurt i would think about the x-men continuity in those films and how you know tyler main who wrestled as big sky in wcw somehow in 1999 uh Goes back to being Lee Schreiber in 1983 <laughs> as Sabretooth. It makes no sense. Um, now there's two toads. One's green. One isn't. Um, two blobs. One is the dude from Lost. The other is a fat German guy I, who dies. There's been a handful he, of gambits. There's been. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, shit. Um, wait, just to jump to the X-Men movies real quick. Uh, Age of Apocalypse. Uh, this movie's. So insane! I can't believe, and that's that hurts me the most because if we're talking purely fanboy heart, X Men is what got me in the comics. But who's Apocalypse in that movie? That's you know, it's like yeah. who are these characters? Who are any of the even characters in the movie? Like the yeah. X Men themselves? You're like, yeah. I'm like, but. The craziest thing about that whole movie to me is the end scene, they're doing the classic everybody shoot the bad guy at the same time. So oh, yeah. Cyclops is doing his eyes, Storm, everyone's doing their thing. Oh, it's super Care Bear stare. Yeah. yeah, and then Beast just leaps off of a building with like a <laughs> flying punch. I'm like, nothing is working. Why would you add yourself? Also, it seems like Cyclops's blast might be bad for Beast. Like, don't just leap in. And, and I'm like, who's writing? Like, there's no fight choreography. Like, you understand their powers like i want to see the fucking what was it called the speedball special like let's do some fastball shit special. fastball yeah, special yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. i mean also like when i just is, said that by the way mike ripped the poster down <laughs> speedball is a character in the right. warriors yeah um also yeah his force beams uh his force optic blasts leave uh smoke and i'm like no it's they're a laser. forced. They're not heat. Um, <laughs> lots of things can bother me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, with, with Justice League, I just like if you look back to Man of Steel, which no one should, but um, it's like in that world, you're meant to believe that Superman is the first hero to ever be on this planet. Zod, um, who is a great villain, I would say. Michael Shannon is awesome. He was, he was great. He yeah. has a great motivation. My people um, are dying, and we need to survive. And I'm a general, and it's my job to do what's right for my people. I think that was better than most Marvel movie villains. Yeah. Uh, so I'll give that credit. If you don't think I'll give any credit, that <laughs> there's some. But, um, but what the problem is, is that he even declares to Earth, like, you know... Give us the Kryptonian in 24 hours. Then he puts these conversion machines all over the planet that are meant to destroy the Earth so that it's inhabitable for Kryptonians. 
um, on a world that we have no idea at the time has Amazonians that do nothing, <laughs> right. has Atlanteans that do nothing. <laughs> Some of those machines are in the water. <laughs> has a Batman that's been doing this for 20 years that's fought the Penguin, who in Batman vs. Superman we see was just on business as Bruce Wayne. I know, and he's like, oh. That, After Zod declared <laughs> war on the Earth? So, like, what the fuck is going on here? one of those conversion machines landed in or around Gotham as well yeah. as major cities in the DC. Yeah, that's really, I didn't even think of that. That's what I I, I always joke about with uh, the uh, Marvel Netflix shows when it's like, yeah, and they all take place in New York City and they're like, yeah, since the incident, it's like, hey, how come none of you superheroes stopped 9-11? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like, and they keep talking about the incident that happened in New York City and it's like, guys, <laughs> you can't, like, that's the one thing you run into with the issues with Marvel since they take place in America. Also, how many incidents have happened since then? <laughs> I, in know. The movies? I know. And the, it, people were pouring into New York. Bad guys were pouring into New York fighting good guys. And all of these people were just sort of like, oh, I'm just a budding little special, special person. I'm not going to do anything just yet. Yeah. I mean, I think that like DC, um, they're in a bad place because uh, Justice League underperformed. Like, Justice League should have made more money than the Avengers. Like, there's no question. These are more iconic characters. Right. This is, you know, Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman. And, you know, like, what they did with Wonder Woman is a success. Like, so, let, I mean, I want to talk positive yeah, stuff, too. Let's talk, because I, I enjoyed the Wonder Woman movie. I thought it was mediocre. Right. Um, You know, I think that it's important for uh, women to see themselves on screen as this badass superhero. And maybe they'll get that with Captain Marvel. Uh, (laughs) I just thought that she was a doofus. It was kind of weird how this is like uh, an Amazonian woman. And and like you're saying, it's like this icon for women. And then like her whole movie is like, what about Chris Pine? I'm like worried about. She's trying out clothes. Like it's 1917. So they couldn't do a walking on sunshine montage, but you know, they wanted to. (laughs) But at the same time, like the no man's land scene, is awesome and it yeah. was hugely successful uh, you know like and Gal Gadot it, is a fucking a talent she yeah is she's like, awesome yeah and it made more money it's opening weekend in America than Justice League did which means that there were women that saw it who then were like oh she's in her own movie we're not gonna see that and it's yeah. like and DC just has no overall um direction I don't think because it's like when you look at the first ever trailer for justice league she's not in it that much at all yeah i don't think they knew what they had on their hands they no, assumed but they weren't she- even planning on it you right know what I which mean? is upsetting yeah <laughs> and it's crazy because i think that first trailer came out before the wonder one movie did and it's yeah. like why wouldn't you have her in that trailer a lot to then even sell, sell more wonder tickets woman. for wonder woman <laughs> Like, you better go see this because she's going to be in this. Right, because that's kind of like how they got you to go see Thor originally. It was like, he's in an Avengers movie. You got to f- go see the Thor movie and loop back around. Yeah. Learn some new info. Yeah, What? why? But DC is abolishing the extended universe already, or they say they are, at least. Oh, I don't know about that. I yeah. mean. But- or re- revamping it. I just don't think, like, there's even, like, an editorial mandate in a way of, you know, like, I was reading this article, and the the title was literally, like, James Wan says, you know, no talking bubbles needed in his Aquaman. 
<laughs> so he was like in the there's a scene in Justice League with uh, Mara, yeah, when and they, Aquaman, they do where the- she has to make a bubble so they could talk. He's like, yeah, we're not doing that. They're going to be talking underwater. But it's like when your director of Aquaman is already like, I'm not even following what you guys are doing. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's going on? Right over uh, the bubbles. I wanted to like Aquaman so bad because I want to like uh, Drogo. I like. Oh, I want like. And I, I love, I was like, oh, this is cool. There hasn't been an underwater uh, movie yet. It's all been like Marvel's so heavy on space. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, this is so interesting. I can't wait. And then like I watched that movie and, and I was like, oh my God, I'm having a really hard. He looks he's like. Poochie. Yeah, he's Poochie. <laughs> he all is, right. Yeah, they, they added him and he's kind of like, but again with the Aquaman, he's like serious. He's so serious in the beginning of the movie as like the guy who brings fish to a village yeah. and then he's like a drunk then he's kind of silly then he's kind of like pro team and i'm like oh i don't even know what the aquaman movie is gonna be because i don't know who he is right like, that, I don't know that's where about- we keep going back with this but it's like who are these people <laughs> why not just make aquaman like a fucking surfer dude like bum and because he left atlanteans and all that or just some some justification as to why he does anything because now i before I saw Justice League was like, of course, I'm going to see Justice League. And I'm actually kind of excited about Aquaman. Then I saw Justice League. And now I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to go see Aquaman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think like Flash and Cyborg like kind of were like the best characters because they were simple. I liked the graveyard scene with them. Yeah. Um, because it was like, oh, there are these two kind of outcast characters and, and stuff. And that felt like a Marvel scene. Like, I, that's such a... That's probably a Whedon reshoot, yeah. Right. It felt like... Because it was like charming and they were being real, but they were doing something like that mattered. Like, it's just like a... F- it's rare you see that. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like... But even that Flash, it's so weird that you have the Flash TV show. And in the Flash TV show, they use this... Uh, you know, I know Jeff Johns is probably the closest to like a Kevin Feige. A, yeah, and he sucks. He's one of the most overrated comic book writers. Like, uh, dude, I've seen him like in person interviews a few times at our uh, on Justin Tyler's uh, comic book club podcast yeah, yeah. way back in the day, and I was like, "This guy is a jerk." And then when I saw him get like announced as like the head of all, I was like, "Oh, that's not good. That's not good." Yeah. I mean, he's you know he's like good at adding the things that are already there. <laughs> you know, like he's the one who was like, "Why don't?" Everyone get Green Lantern rings. You get a ring. Yeah. And it's red because you're angry. And like, it's not a bad idea. Right. You know, he wrote on the Flash years ago, uh, the Wally West Flash, and it was awesome. And then he was like, well, I guess we got to bring Barry back, which like Barry has never had the personality Wally does. Right. Wally's a much more interesting character because Wally West was the Flash's sidekick, uh, was Barry Allen's sidekick. And his whole thing was like, how do I make a name for myself and escape the shadow of this beloved guy? Right. But then it's like. Barry Allen was like, I'm a beloved guy. (laughs) It's not as interesting. (laughs) So then they're like, well, why don't we make him sad? So now, uh, you know, I think it was since like around Flashpoint that uh, they did this retcon where his mother was murdered by like Zoom and the father is framed for it. Right. And they did that in the TV show. And it's like, not everyone needs to be tragic. 
Like, right. And that's, I think that's what Marvel does. Right. Is that it's like, not everyone's coming from like a terrible fucking place. Like justice league. When you just like watch every, when they show that slow pan of everyone across when they're uh, squaring up against Superman, you're yeah. like, every one of these people has had someone close to them die within this movie or a previous movie. Yeah. <laughs> the reason that all of them are doing this is for, for revenge. <laughs> well, and that's like, you know, like I think like the Captain America origin works. I mean, basically, yes, I'll take steroids. But yeah. <laughs> it's but it's the idea that like I wanna be doing more for my country. Right. And, you know, like I mean the tragedy is, you know, Professor Erkstein dies, but at the same time it's like this guy was willing to do whatever it took to right and help. Or, yeah, and then maybe Bucky dies or it, people he knew are yeah. dead. That's the tragedy. But it's like secondhand to his origin. But he come, becomes yeah. Captain America because you know this sacrifice in the first place. Like that's that's right. why I love the Fantastic Four. But I think that it's hard for modern audiences to relate to because it's utterly selfless and we're all selfish people now. Right. But this thing of like, let us explore and see what is out there. And we have the capabilities. Yeah. Allow us to do this good for you. And even though the thing becomes a monster, he was a good person to begin with in the comics, you know, in 1961 when they premiered, like he was already a fighter pilot, like in the World War Two, like, right? As just Ben Grimm, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna help people because I just want to help people, like, yeah, yeah, and that's like, yeah, and <laughs> DC is everyone is just turning away from a murder scene that they just witnessed and then yeah, putting I mean, on an outfit. I say the beginning of the the DCU's problems was making Pa Kent an asshole. Yeah. You know, him saying maybe you shouldn't have saved those kids. It's like, I don't want to watch that. Right. Yeah. That feels weird. That feels yeah. unnecessary. Now, do you think the DC universe is kicking themselves in the ass for not giving, giving Nolan like a billion dollars uh, a decade ago and being like, no, you're because- in charge? Because like. No movies have touched uh, comic book movies on either side. I feel like have gotten to the like level of the Dark Knight. Well, Dark Knight Rises is a piece of garbage to begin with. That's uh, the third one? Yeah, it yeah, sucks. Yeah. So he was already kind of cooked, if you ask me. <laughs> uh, Dark Knight is great. Um, but yeah, I mean, none of them have touched that because I think like at the end of the day, Nolan was like, let's make a good movie. Right. And, and I, I think just, he even tried that with Rises. It just wasn't. Right. And now it's let's sell merchandise. Yeah, and let's make a movie that will sell us three more movies. Yeah, yeah. and you know, so it's the difference between watching Coco and Cars. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like Cars <laughs> is we just got to here's a bunch of new characters. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. It's like you're watching the ride in the theater instead of like <laughs> Yeah, and so um like I said Ragnarok I think did a good job of integrating it of like yeah, we need new characters. And they they put you know most of them did a good job of like blending into the story. I thought Valkyrie was cool. Yeah, you know, uh, Grandmaster was cool, but Goldblum was fucking real. I mean, Grandmaster was a, a fun character, but Goldblum was so good. Like he was yeah. just being so extra himself. It was so enjoyable. I mean, DC cut scenes featuring Willem Dafoe. You know, he <laughs> he's supposed to play Volko in the Aquaman movie, and it's weird too that it's like Aquaman's your next movie. And you cut all these 
And Willem Dafoe is fucking Willem Dafoe. You got yeah. Willem Dafoe in your movie. You want to get people excited. Yeah. They'll go see. Uh, I just saw Murder on the Orient Express, which was maybe the worst movie I've seen in a long time. But the fact that Willem Dafoe is in it is like remotely redeeming. The thing that keeps it from being absolutely dead boring is that Willem Dafoe is in it. Yeah. Johnny Depp's got to be really careful. Uh, you know, it's like, we know you beat your wife. You got to make some really good movies now. <laughs> I thought, you know, the, he walked out. I was watching it with uh, my friends, Mike and Nick, and I was like, the second Giant Depp walked out, I'm like, ooh, he's a joke in that I want to laugh at him, but I'm uncomfortable that he's in this movie. And then he's playing a scumbag, and he's but he's dressed like he is. Like he's yeah. like his character's wearing a bunch of rings and like weird. And I'm like, oh my God, I you can't even, he's combining the art and the artist. <laughs> like he's making you hate his character in this yeah. movie. Yeah. Well, I think he's like, you know, like his team was like, hey man, uh, People are starting to really think you did this. He's like, all right, Pirates 5. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do another Pirates. Make him forget. <laughs> you know, it's like, dude, uh, no, like, he, you it, do Mordecai too. you're getting arrested. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you got to make something good, buddy. The Fantastic Beast people are calling. <laughs> they, they J.K. Rowling was like, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, man, I'll allow it. I'll- I mean, that's um, literally an article that came out. Fuck, it's so fucking weird. Um, before we get out of here, I just because uh, I'm while I have you on on record, let's talk a little bit about Suicide Squad because you forget that that's a DC movie. I will say I couldn't believe the movie had so many things that were crazy about it, but for me, it was almost enough that it just had Will Smith doing an action comedy. Like it was almost enough that he like as Will Smith as Will Smith, like, cause yeah. that's all I want Will Smith to do is yeah. just like make those movies again. And he hasn't done them in forever. He's done so much serious stuff. Yeah. And then just seeing him in this movie, I was like, Oh, what are it? But of course he's surrounded by, 20 characters that I don't give a fuck about and not even a rap song I, oh my god it's the Suicide Squad <laughs> right? they had fucking eight guys on the Suicide Squad team who also then brought f- 10 Navy SEALs on the mission it's like how many fucking people do we need in this movie can't they fight Seagal <laughs> right <laughs> When they Bogosian's not around anymore <laughs> right. to sick him, <laughs> when, sick him on Seagal. And they bring out the guy like Ripcord or whatever his name is, and he's like so added so late, and you're like, oh, oh Slipknot, yeah, Slipknot, and they're like, we're gonna kill somebody, and I'm like, oh, it's you. <laughs> it's yeah. he like calls a woman a bitch. He like. <laughs> He's Native American. Right. Like, no, yeah, lots he's got of reasons go. he was going to die. Yeah. Killer Croc is like in a hoodie and wants BET. And it's like, that's really upsetting to me for some reason. Uh, El Diablo is like such a vato. It's like, come on. Yeah. I mean, my favorite thing about that movie was like Jared Leto, like bragging to everyone about his performance. And, and it's like, I think he must have really pissed off the editor. Because they're like, oh, you want to send us rat feces? Well, here you go. Six minutes. That's what I thought was great. Uh, I, I think my wife watched it with me, and she all, she only knew about the press around it beforehand. She goes, wasn't he the one that was like so in character? And I was like, yeah. She goes, he's not even in this goddamn movie. I go, that's what makes it even crazier. I'm the Joker. Like, yeah. oh. It was like you had like... 
I remember there was an argument that's like Viola Davis is having none of Jared Leto's shit. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. Oh, that, I mean, I would rather watch that than the movie. Just him being like, "Hello there, Viola." And she's <laughs> like, "Shut up, closing, Jared." It's closing her dressing room door in his face over and over again. <laughs> well, that movie was like a free for all. Where I think, like, I mean, she was really good in it. Like, she was. Were, good. I loved her. I loved Will Smith. Yeah. Yeah, there were moments in it that, like, it, like, because people are like, "This one's the worst." I'm like, "No, Batman vs Superman is way worse than that." Yeah. Yeah, because there's something redeeming, and I think it helped Suicide Squad to have eight characters, because you could be like, if I hate six of them, at least there's two I yeah. can, I'm excited to there's see. There's nothing as dumb as the Martha thing. Oh, there's nothing. <laughs> and I people go into bat for that. Like, I get it. Like, you like the movie. That's fine. I've liked so much garbage in my life, and I swear by so much garbage. But, like, I'm not about to go to bat for, like, no. The Martha thing was really... Like, it's almost like as if they're, like, not a lot of people put that together over the course of the DC universe. Well, that was, like, this this proud brag <laughs> when the reality was Jew kids just didn't talk to each other when they created this stuff. Right, right. Like, I just don't think... Bill Finger was talking. You know, you know what it probably was where it came from. If I Bill Finger, uh, <laughs> no, no, Bob Kane. Um, but I think what it probably was was that because Batman is 1939 and Superman is 1938, and they're purposely trying to sell it to you know national periodicals, which was DC at the time. They're probably like, let's just call her Martha. Like right. they'll probably sell better. Like that's they like they obviously like Martha. Here's right. Martha, you know. Yeah, exactly. And it then wasn't like this grand design, or maybe that was just the most popular name in the late '30s. That's what I was gonna say. Is that that was probably a matter yeah. of like I know a lot of Marthas, so that character's name is Martha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then eighty years later, they're like, imagine if they actually yeah. had that conversation. You go to any theme park, and there's nothing but Martha and Bort license plates. <laughs> <laughs> no, my son's name is also Bort. <laughs> my mother's name is also. Martha. Martha. That's literally what I said when I saw it. <laughs> Martha? My mom's name is also Martha. Did someone say Martha? No, I was talking to my son. Because <laughs> also, who would say that? Like, you'd be like, Mom. Right. No one referred. I wouldn't be like, Alice. <laughs> Joanne. <laughs> Wait, who's Joanne? My mom's name is Joanne. Oh, Joanne is my wife. Oh, okay. Well, oh, moving on. That's <laughs> the owner of my favorite fabric store. <laughs> Joe hyphen Ann. <laughs> Um, rag shop <laughs> Thor Ragnar shop <laughs> Thor, Thor American rag to shop <laughs> um, Mike thanks so much for uh, oh, coming on for my mighty, oh yeah please what what are we are we pumped about Black Panther I think I, yeah I'm pretty I stoked so. based on the trailer yeah. yeah I think it'll be fun um I think that it's been different enough uh both trailers have been really good. And I say that's it. I know they're going to do Please, they're going to give us one more in the new year, and I'm, yeah. not, I'm like less than thrilled about it. Yeah. I'm just so, just let me go to the movie. I don't, and I, like a few movies recently, like The Shape of Water, I've managed to not see anything about by accident, and I'm like actively maintaining that. I'm like, oh, this would be a fun experience. A movie I know I'm going to see, because it's got, it's GDT, whatever. I'm going to go see it. I haven't even watched a trailer for Phantom Thread either. I'm like, I'm going to go see this movie. Let me just not yeah, know yeah, anything yeah. about it. And it's been such a weird thing to try to avoid also. Yeah. They like autoplay when you open up IMDb. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, what's that actress's name? And it just opens to a fucking trailer playing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I can't oh, the even. exact spoiler. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. I saw The Shape of Water, uh, 
um, trailer. And then, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen the film yet, but I did see it because I saw the trailer. Right. I mean, and once again, it's in narrative form. <laughs> I hate that shit. <laughs> At least do it out of sequence. <laughs> right. <laughs> Please let me not know when things are going to happen. That's like uh, the one I remember the most is the nice guys that uh, that Shane, Shane Black. Black yeah, yeah, I saw the trailer and I was like. They showed like three things that were like physical action slash punchlines, yeah. and the movie had a lot of funny. I'm like, but if it if I didn't know those three ahead of time, I would have been laughing even louder and enjoying it even more. And well, that's you know one of the, you know the last thing about Suicide Squad. What I heard was that they let the comp that that first trailer was such a hit, the one with Bohemian Rhapsody and all that, <laughs> that they just let them then edit the movie. Yeah, they, they gave them like whole uh, sequences to edit, and then that's why the movie features five classic rock songs over montage, like dialogue. But only in the mon- first 30 minutes. It's <laughs> like they run out of rights fees. <laughs> they mu- you know, Suicide Squad has a like $6 million soundtrack. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's exclusively the biggest classic rock songs of all time. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mike, what's your uh, Twitter handle if people want to tweet at us about at, how wrong we were? Uh, <laughs> even um, at the Mike Lawrence. At the Mike Lawrence. Mike, do you have anything you want to plug in this? Anything we should check out? Yeah, I'll be at the uh, Dead Crow uh, Comedy Club February 2nd and 3rd uh, in Wilmington, North Carolina. So check that out. Oh, check it out. Get there, people. As always, I'm at John Gabris on Twitter. Tweeted us your issues with the uh, MCU or DCEU. Or don't, you know, just move on and go see some other movies. And uh, buy yourself shirts at gabrus.com slash shirts. Check out the Action Boys podcast. And uh, other than that, bye, shitheads. That was a headgum podcast.